Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. So when all is said and done, if you've ever done that thing with the DVR where you watch another show for about 20 minutes and then start the show you want to see so you can blow through all the commercials, yeah. class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns. Uh, what's your name, young lady? My name is Tammy Burns. Uh, and a wonderful name it is. Look, now, November 26th uh, is not covered in this show in terms of the dates of this show. It'll be covered next week, but next week's our Thanksgiving show, so I can't really talk about the topic. But on November 26th, do you remember MTV's Unplugged? Oh, I loved it. Did did you really? Yes. Did you really like it that much? Uh-huh. Well, it debuted November 26th, and it's one of those things where we've been doing this show, what, 12 and a half, 13 years? Uh-huh. And I went ahead and looked down the, the listing of all our episodes, and all I could think to myself is, we've never done MTV Unplugged? Sure you have. I have not. We're, I mean, it showed up in shows, obviously, but we've never done a topic on it. So since it debuted on November 26th, I thought I would go ahead and do a show on MTV Unplugged. If I did the counting correctly, 257 different acts played on Unplugged. Now, that doesn't mean they had 257 shows, because if you've ever seen the show, in fact, the earlier versions, there were multiple nights where multiple bands played. Right. It was it was actually an interesting thing when one act held the entire night. It aired originally from 1989 to 1990, and then they did a redo in 2000. It went all the way to 2009, which they referred referred to as MTV Unplugged 2.0. Past that, there were some specials, but nothing regularly scheduled. Now, yes, that's the general idea. Quick question, trivia question, so uh-huh. we can get into playing our first song of it. Many of the first Unplugged people recorded themselves and released albums. Smart. Do you know mm-hmm. the most successful MTV Unplugged album sold 26 million copies. Okay, I, I think I have a good guess. Go ahead. Elton John. No. I'm looking down the list here. I'm not sure Elton John actually released really? an album of Come it. on now. Now I'm looking down here. I don't see it. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. I just grabbed a, a sampling of the, uh, the top ones, but I'm telling you, Mariah Carey's number two... But I'll make you. Is a it bet. a single person? It or is. is it it's a, a band? single. No, it's a single person. Uh, it's a single person. Yeah, a lot yeah, of people yeah. might say Nirvana. That was back in 1994. This one took place in 1992. Eric Clapton. As a matter of fact, he had a bigger hit with the Unplugged Layla. 
than he had with the original. My goodness. Layla. And I'm telling you what, I, I mean, I owned the album. I owned about 20 of the albums because I was in radio when it happened and the company sent me about 20 of the albums. Uh-huh. And at least one of them came home. One of the Oops. perks and benefits of working in radio. So here you go. It's Eric Clapton as we talk about MTV Unplugged for an hour this week on Rockstar. Oh, you accuse me Take a look at yourself Before you accuse me Take a look at yourself Sam spend my money on other women You taking money from someone else Coming out of Eric Clapton, I like what you said off stage or off air uh-huh. at least. Uh, in terms of MTV Unplugged, you really picked out who knew what they were doing and who didn't. Quickly. Qu- quickly. I mean, when Aerosmith played, it was blatant that I get it, they're acoustic instruments, but this is a rock band. Uh-huh. I mean, they could put it together. I don't remember off the top of my head anyone who just simply couldn't do it. I'm guessing those that couldn't didn't make their way to air. Uh But see, you even had LL Cool J, who was a rapper, and everyone was going, oh, rap stars aren't musicians. They don't know what they're doing. And then he shows up with a band and knocks it out. He actually could do it, which is a nice thing. I remember when I, I started playing guitar, and a guy that was teaching me, my father wouldn't pay for rock lessons, but he would pay for jazz lessons. So I remember the guy saying to me what was so great about acoustic guitar. It's just you and six strings. Mm -hmm. Look, you can either do it or you can't. And people figure it out real quick, whether you can or whether you can't. I mentioned some of the other places that are some of the other people that had unplugged albums. What I said was Mariah Carey was the second highest selling. Uh, Rod Stewart's Unplugged and Seated was a big one. 10,000 Maniacs, MTV Unplugged. Tony Bennett's MTV Unplugged. Do you remember when that happened? Oh, I do. It was a comeback for Tony Bennett. It really was. Yeah. All these young people, you know, Tony Bennett. And then about four songs. Are in this guy's great. After and I saw it, I went to see him in concert. Yes, yes, yeah, I yes, did. we did. The um, all he had was him and a, a stand up bass, mm-hmm. bass fiddle, and that old gentleman that played piano for him. Yes, that's Lovely. it. Man alive, uh, Page and Plants, No Quarter also became an album. Nirvana's MTV Unplugged in New York, Los Tres MTV Unplugged. By the way, it went platinum in their native Chile. Good for them. Allison Chains, Shakira, Ricky Martin, uh, uh, Laura, Lauren Hill, and Leash Keys. All of those went platinum. 
The very first MTV album to uh, go out was what they called Unplugged, the official bootleg, and it was Paul McCartney's performance, uh, and people believe that it was this album that really shot the show up. It needed a real success, right? and Paul McCartney is the one that gave it to him. You should also notice that the Eagles' 1994 live album, Hell Freezes Over, sold 9 million copies, although not part of the Unplugged series. It was produced by the Unplugged producers and followed a similar format. What about that MTV Unplugged official bootleg with Paul McCartney? Let's play a tune from it. Here you go. It's Paul McCartney Unplugged on Rock School. You know, the interesting thing about MTV's Unplugged is that it really was nothing new. And I know what people are going to say. I had never seen anything like it before. Yeah, you had. How many troubadours, a person with an instrument, are there in the world? A lot in Louisiana. Right. We're living in Louisiana any night of the week. Any night of the week. Mm -hmm. Half the restaurants in town have a person sitting there with a guitar and a microphone. Anybody that has a party has a, oh, sure. a, a band. It, it's usually a person with a, a guitar, right? R- r- I could and throw, a mic. Yeah, I could throw a hat up into the air and probably get 10 people that for an amount of money would play tonight. Mm-hmm. Come out and, and, and knock out three and or it, four it hours. It would be wonderful. It really would. Uh, and it, again, is that idea of a guy with a guitar, a girl with a guitar, or... A guy and girl with a guitar, and every so often there's an additional instrument, but I can't tell you how many times I've gone to have tacos or what have you, and there it is. Mm -hmm. One person, one instrument, and he or she is just knocking it out. And that's what this was. There was many times when it was just simply a person and a guitar and all acoustic instruments. And by the way, speaking of acoustic instruments, that was one of the rules of the show. The producers, the people who came up with the idea, Robert Small and Jim Burns, they were working for Comedy Central at the time that they came up with it. They went to go see Bruce Springsteen, and he did an acoustic encore, and something went off in their head that, why don't we try to do an entire show about this? They uh, they pitched it to HBO. They pitched it to... Uh, PBS. Uh-huh. I'm sure PBS turned it down because they had Austin City Limits. Right. So uh, here were the rules if you were going to come on. You had to follow these. Everything had to be acoustic. However, microphones could be used, but no processing. So you could amplify your acoustic guitar. You could amplify your voice, but you couldn't use an auto-tune to make sure you were right on the money. Had to be able to do it with the... Uh, 
what do you call it? The teeth, the tongue, the mouth, and the throat. Isn't that the way it's normally said? The teeth, the tongue, the mouth, and the throat? No. What, what do you do with a piano then? Have, you eat it. That's why it's done that way. No, uh, pianos, you could use them if you wanted. Obviously, Tony Bennett used one, but organs were allowed only because that was the keyboard of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And the, the selling point was that, you know, when you hit a piano, if you hold on to the key, it it will decay. It yeah. will start to go away. Why an organ took off? I mean, just think of Deep Purple. When you hit that organ key, as long as you keep your finger on that key, right. it will continue to play, which gave keyboard the ability to sort of fight with these 100-watt Marshall stack amplifiers and get up there with the guitar and such and make it an equal... Uh, an equal item. There was a host. Any idea who it was? Uh, I can't remember. No. It was only for 13 episodes. His name was Jules Shear. You might know him that he wrote Cindy Lauper's hit all through the night and the bangles if she knew what she wanted. For some reason, after 13 episodes, they told him to get lost. They dropped the whole idea. And I don't even remember because I watched a few of these uh, on YouTube while I was putting this together. Right. I don't even remember there being much of an announcer. Uh-huh. It sort of came on, and the name of the band came up, and go. In the same way that Austin City Limits works, you play for like an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. And we're allowed to take any hour that we want yes. of the show. You played. And, you know, and they then went in and edited it down so it would fit with commercials and all of that kind of stuff. So there. Uh, We mentioned that it was, in my mind, the first time that I had actually seen a rap musician stand up there with acoustic instruments and Mm -hmm. prove that, hey, look, this is a decent form of music, too, which is LL Cool J. So, look, Mama mama said knock you out. Did you know Mama said that? I had no idea who was saying that. that. Mama said (laughs) knock you out. Here you go. It's LL Cool J on Rock School. Ready? All right. Yo, yo, we're going to get funky. Take it off, baby, Pop. Take it off, get busy. Ready? Now we're gonna get busy now. Check it out. Alright. Alright, my man. Pots and pans, grits and gravy. Y'all ready, baby? Check it out. Don't call it a comeback. Don't call it a comeback.
Coming into the first break, I mentioned that Robert Small and Jim Burns, the two people who came up with this idea of MTV Unplugged, were at a Bruce Springsteen concert. He did an acoustic encore, and I thought, gee, wouldn't that be neat? Mm. Well, smart-eared viewers and people who like the MTV Unplugged show probably remember that the 1993 performance of Bruce Springsteen, he didn't use acoustic instruments. Uh, It was one of those where he said he's going to do it how he's going to do it. He's going to use amplified instruments. And he said to Robert Small and Jim Burns when they asked him, look, I want to play, but I'm going to need an hour and a half. And it's one of those. Is there an hour and a half? Is there a word shorter than yes? Yeah. And so he went ahead and and used it. It was released as an album and uh, also as a video in concert, MTV Unplugged. Uh, Maybe we'll play some Bruce from that. Joe Walsh. You know who Joe Walsh is? Yeah, I do. Joe Walsh wanted to sing the song Desperado. Mm -hmm. Just to tell you how loopy goofy the Eagles are, Don Henley, he's in the band. Don Henley sent a cease and desist letter saying that he would have his own show, but the song was not to be performed. Dr. John was added to the show to wrap things out. Uh, We played LL Cool J coming into this break. His was April 1991. If you want to sound really, really super smart when people talk about LL Cool J, Mm -hmm. what was the name of the band that backed him up? Pop's Cool Love. Ladies and gentlemen, that is, that's the name of the band. Put that on Pop's a brain cool Put that on a brain cell and no, take it home. Can't okay. do it. All right, who's listening to us? KSCL, Shreveport, Louisiana. Very good. Back in a minute here on Rock School. wanted to ask me a question coming out of the break about minutes and hours and mathematics and all of that. What do you want to know about? What about editing? Did they just, you know, tear things apart and take what they wanted in, in the show? Except for the bands that said no. And there were two bands that said no, Nirvana being one of them, and we'll tell you who the other one is uh, in a little bit. Nirvana said no editing whatsoever. We're going to play for an hour, uh, and and that'll be that. They timed out their set, and they did it. Now, the thing is, you can't even play for an hour because, indeed, you did have commercials. Uh So when all was said and done, if you've ever done that thing with the DVR where you watch another show for about 20 minutes and then start the show you want to see so you can blow through all the commercials. Yeah. You know you're talking about 40 to 43 minutes of actual show. The way I've heard that it got done is everybody played for about an hour and a half. And what they did was went in and took what they needed to make the show meet time. Because that is, you know fantastically important but again the the people of nirvana said absolutely not the other one who didn't allow editing was bob dylan and this is going to sound like I, I was lying but what he did is two nights and he said you can take what you want from the two nights but don't edit me okay. you know what i mean yeah, yeah. go ahead to if you want from this site one from that night and he said you you're only allowed to take from these two nights and you can't edit me you have to 
perform the songs or play the songs as they were done. I like it. Which I, you know, which I thought was a pretty good thing. Yeah. One more piece of information. 1992, the first heavy metal band did Unplugged. Queensryche did the show and did a cover of Scarborough Fair by Simon and Garfunkel. You should look it up. It's really, really good. We may play it well, later on. Well, that makes me want to ask you another question. Okay, go ahead. So who did uh, who did other songs besides their own? You know, I don't know. I, I know that sounds dumb. I should have known that. We should look that up. Who did covers while they were on that thing? The one I know for a fact is this one with Queensryche, I'm sure. Look, Nirvana did, uh, did a cover... Gosh, I can see the guy who, I can see the guy who sang it. I'm going to come back and tell you who it is. My Do brain it. just won't come up with it right Do now. Do it. I got to find out. I mentioned Bruce Springsteen. Uh, Bruce Springsteen, 1993. He did use electric instruments because... He's, he's, he's Bruce. Yeah, exactly. Bruce. He can go. do what he wants to do. On Rock School. Like a vision, she dances across the porch as the radio plays. Roy Orbison singing for the lonely. It's me and I want you only. Don't turn me home again. I just can't face myself alone again. Well, don't you run back inside, darling. You know just what I'm here for. So you're scared and you're thinking that maybe we ain't that young anymore. Show a little faith, this magic in the night. Ain't a beauty, but hey, you're alright. Oh, yeah, and that's alright with me. Okay, 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 all of you who are screaming at the radio and screaming at the podcast. I don't know how you scream at a podcast. Ah. I guess you scream at your headphones. But I could not come up with Nirvana singing Lead Belly, Where Did You Sleep Last Night? You ask me what they covered. They, they covered a lot more than that, but that's the one that everyone sort of can go to. They also did three songs by the Meat Puppets. They did a David Bowie tune, The Man Who Sold the World, and also a Eugene Kelly tune, Jesus Doesn't Want Me for a Sunbeam. Uh, I looked up real quickly while the song was playing what covers were done, and there's a, a tremendous number of them. The Clash has been covered a few times on there. Lots of the Spanish-speaking mm-hmm. um, uh, performers uh, covered songs. Uh, Duran Duran, Donovan, uh, Courtney Love, all of them were covered on it. So it was it was allowed that you could do covers, but I don't have quick enough to get it done for the show. This idea of who did what covers and, and all of that. But yeah, obviously covers were allowed on the show. So there you go. 
You know why I couldn't think? I have no idea. Of of Lead Belly? I had Blind Lemon Jefferson no. in my head. And it literally would not no. leave. Which ain't bad, because I like Blind Lemon Jefferson. All right, Bond of the Hour. I'm Joe Burns. You are? Tammy Burns. All right, let's do seven days, 70 seconds. These are the rock and roll dates, November 16th through November 22nd. You got Monday. Go. November 16th, 1985. We built this city. Hits number one. Oh, it's the city that rocks, a city that never sleeps. <laughs> November 17th, 1980, John Lennon releases Double Fantasy. He will be killed 28 days later. November 18th, 1993, Nirvana plays their Unplugged concert in one take, and they disallowed any editing. Right, now that's Nirvana playing. Next week is the debut, and I don't mean the debut of Nirvana's. Uh-huh. I mean the debut of the series, which is why we're doing it this week. Right. November 19th, 1990, Millie Vanilli are stripped of their Grammy for Best New Artist. November 20th, 1973, Keith Moon passes out while performing at the Cow Palace and is replaced by an audience member, Scott Haplin. You know, that's not a bad idea for a show. It's a great idea, because I'm sitting here going, why haven't we done that? That's, we could talk about how he did it, and there's tons. No, there um, isn't. There are. They're not like somebody died or passed out and let's finish the show, but there are lots of, of versions. The Foo Fighters, I think every third show they have somebody out of the audience wow. come up and, and do that. But November 21, 1987, Billy Idol's Moni Moni and Tiffany's I Think We're Alone Now are at number one and number two on the Billboard charts. The next week, they will switch. So what? Well, fun fact, both songs were first recorded by Tommy James and the Shondells. And then November 22nd, 1963, Phil Spector's A Christmas Gift for You from Phil Spector is released. However, even though it's a classic, mm-hmm. the sales were awful. Mm. Any uh, any idea what happened on November 22nd, 1963? Yeah, Kennedy was assassinated. That's right. Good for you. Oh, man. No, nobody went, oh, no, the president's been assassinated. Let's go pick up a Christmas no, album. No, no, so no, no, it, no. it pretty much just crushed it. Okay, look, we've talked about Nirvana like crazy. Play some of that Nirvana. Okay, here you go on Rock School. Coming into the break, here's a bunch of facts that have nothing to do with each other, only that they have something to do with MTV Unplugged. Ready, ready, ready? Yeah. In 2020, the COVID-19 global pandemic allowed MTV to do... 
MTV Unplugged at Home. They did 14 online episodes. Did you even know they did no, it? No, I did not. Do a quick search. They're all there. Uh, Miley Cyrus, Mumford & Sons, Shaggy, Jewel, Melissa Etheridge, Wycliffe Jean all did one of them. So they just did it Sweet. while sitting in their Why not? living room, I guess. When you build. Uh, MTV decided to take this idea and turn it into another show on their sister station, VH1, and called it Storytellers. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? I do. It didn't run as long but the way they would do it is if you appeared on MTV they sort of contracted you right then and there to go over to the other one and perform on storytellers and the the selling point of storytellers was that you would explain exactly why you wrote the song what does it mean right everybody thinks it means this but it doesn't mean this. it doesn't no it doesn't it was an okay show yeah it really was again it was the people you know would do it there had to be a sting there had to be you know a certain other person Mm -hmm. uh i saw this or i said this earlier the show was pitched to hbo and PBS both passed. LL Cool J says to this day, people still tease him about his deodorant. There was a, two or three times he threw that double bicep pose. Yeah. And you could see in his armpits that he put on like a stick deodorant. Really? And it was in his hair. No! I'm not, no, I'm not kidding. You should look it up. Neil Young's first attempt that the show was scrapped, he just stopped about three quarters of the way through and said, I've made way too many mistakes. You can't use it. And he walked away. Wow. Two months later, he came back with his, with his band, uh-huh. said, I'm much more prepared, did the show, and that's the one you're looking at. Cool. Kurt Cobain, his guitar actually was amplified. I don't know why they tried to hide it. They didn't with Bruce Springsteen. Uh-huh. But what they did is they put the amp in a monitor wedge and sent it out. So they were sort of eh, playing, Dancing playing around a little bit, huh? with the thing. But yeah, there you go. Who's listening to us here on the Rock School Radio Show? Well, that would be WBSD, Burlington, Wisconsin. Excellent. Back in a minute here on Rock School. out of the break we're running just a touch short on time so let me give you just a little bit more information get back into another song the revival of the show known as unplugged 2.0 kicked off march 10 2010 
with Adam Lambert. I wonder if he performed any Queen songs because mm. I'm sure he has his own songs. Yeah. But I know him for, you know, Queen with Adam Lambert. Yes. And it's really good. As it's much, amazingly As much good. as I want to be that guy, you know, uh, if it isn't Freddie Mercury, nothing. Yeah. And that's the way I was going in. Mm-hmm. But boy, the stuff he's done. Yes. On September 2013, the Scorpions performed and taped three nights in Athens, which was absolutely beautiful. And to be honest with you, I can't tell you another person that did it mm-hmm. for the uh, 2.0. All the ones I know are from the original run of the series right. because I'm old and jaded and all of that. We have mentioned multiple times Tony Bennett. Let's go stepping out with my baby here on the school. Should we keep going? All right, you got it. You know, Clayton, every time I hear that Fred Astaire beat that you're playing with those brushes, I feel like singing some Fred Astaire songs. With those brushes, could you let me hear a little Fred Astaire? Stepping out with my baby. Okay, last break here on Rock School. You know, we almost stepped on the dog. Yeah. Why have we begun bringing the dog in here? Yeah, good luck. Better yet, how have we been lucky enough to do like 10 shows and the dog hasn't barked? She's... She is exhausted. This dog is afraid of its own farts I and, and barks. I don't know why she's staying quiet here. Here, uh, four more pieces of information for you, and then we'll scram out of here as we talk about MTV Unplugged. September 29th, 1994, Los Fabuloso Cadillacs performed the first Latin Spanish show recorded at the MTV Miami Studios. Woo! Uh, Shakira's concert became the first episode of the program to be broadcast entirely in a second language, and the recording reached number one on the Latin charts. Goodness. Shakira, Shakira. There's some money. August 23, 1996, Oasis was supposed to perform, mm-hmm. but I remember this one oh, specifically. Me too. Oh, yeah. Liam Gallagher pulled out. So what they did is they played with Noel Gallagher mm-hmm. handling vocals. However, Liam, if you were standing on the stage, he was almost all the way in the back on yeah. the left. And he was sitting up there drinking champagne, smoking cigarettes, which is really good for you when your voice Looking is bad. Looking at his brother. Oh, sure. And he was heckling him. Yeah, he was. And the brother kept yelling up from the bottom. Oh, they fought constantly. <laughs> it was it's a great fun. story. It was like the Kinks. The same thing. Uh, uh, Ray Davies and his brother, Dave Davies, they they would beat the crap out of each other. He uh, There was one, I'm trying to remember who knocked out who, but he hit him with a cymbal. <gasps> Knocked them clean out we on We can stage. beat each other up, but don't you dare say a word to That's us, right? That's right. That's right. We're family. August 9th, 1995, and this is the one we'll end on. Kiss performed on an episode mm-hmm. that would lead to the reunion of the original members. Paul yes. Stanley, Gene Simmons went and got Peter Chris and Ace Freely. And there they were on stage. And that's what we'll end on. We're playing a lot of Kiss lately. I'm I'm in a Kiss kind of mood. We need to gentlemen. see them in concert. That's We why. do. We're going to see them next October. That's how far out COVID has set it up and David Lee Roth is still opening for them so there you go hey next week is going to be our Thanksgiving show and what's great about the Thanksgiving show is uh, here in the local market it always airs on a Thursday and no one's listening 
So they're eating, you know, turkey. So we're going to come in and just curse like crazy. Yeah, we are. Just F, but just carpet F bomb the entire show. Yes, so, indeed. That'll do it. Thanks a lot for listening. That's it. Class is dismissed. Right, here's a song. Everybody knows this song. This song is one of those special things. Countries always have these national anthems. This is much more important. This is a rock and roll worldwide anthem. International. You know it as soon as you hear it. It goes like this. <laughs>